into uh, this tin can across the street. That must be your device of choice. Fucking Christ almighty. And then I go on the tablet and I fucking have to sign in again for reasons unbeknownst to me. The fucking worst, most successful app in the fucking world. God, I can't stand this. <laughs> fucking Christ almighty. Literally nothing else ever gives me this much grief other than Skype. And like in that recent update, like the most updated version I have on, the, I can't even find the fucking option to change the device I'm speaking into. Fucking cunt. Anyway, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, it is a rare Tuesday edition of the Chair Shop Podcast. We are back coming at you with an absolutely stuffed, loaded, overflowing disgusting show full of guff uh we got so much to talk about we're gonna have to get straight to it before we do that time to introduce everyone first of all i'm one of your hosts barry murphy joined as always by my ever dependable co-host first of all mr paul griffin hello also here is mr joe towner hello there barry and lads i'm not sure where we need to start here because we've got a lot of things to discuss uh, been a few weeks, obviously. You know, we haven't, you know, we haven't been all together in quite a while. Life getting in the way and all that. We're having to do this on Tuesday because I uh, wasn't going to be available the last two days, and I was like, I cannot miss any more weeks. Otherwise, the the world will forget who I am, and as we all know, I wouldn't like that. Uh, wouldn't like that at all. Uh, so here we are on a Tuesday, and fellas, how have your respective weeks been? Who has news for me? Uh, it's been all right. It's been very humid. Which I don't like. Has it been humid there? Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, disgusting. It's the worst. It's the worst weather, isn't it, really? I'd rather it was snowing, to be honest. Of course. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Higher chance of a day off work. Yeah, than this, this show. Um, yeah, it's not been too bad. Um, it's, it's been a busy two weeks. Not really. Mainly, been watching uh, the old World Cup that's on. Um, I don't know if you know, but they, have, they let the women do it now. Um, the football World Cup, mm-hmm. so that's been good. I've uh, been watching the USA and England matches. Yeah, uh, don't think Ireland qualified. So. No, too shite. Turns out. No, yeah, don't don't have uh, women's teams in Ireland. Well, all our uh, good women athletes are caught up in the camogie, so we don't yeah, have yeah. Uh, um, but that's been that's been good. If you like your football, I'd recommend. Oh, Holland have scored. That's good. Um. <laughs> Yeah, it's good. It's fun. There's been a lot of VAR con- controversies, yeah. um, as you might expect. But yeah, apart from that, it's, it's good. Good good action. Good to have a summer with a bit of football in it. The you problem I mean? is my, my biased perception of women's football is still very much painted by that one Andy Gray, um, hairy handman. Richard Keys. Well, yeah, Richard Keys, that's the one. Clip with the admittedly hilarious uh, <laughs> FA Cup final. <laughs> women's li- women linesmen <laughs> gimmick <laughs> uh, that sort of thing yeah 
I've not watched much women's football outside of that, I must admit. That's, that's very sexist of you, Paul. I know. I'm sorry. You know, what next? Not watching women's wrestling? Uh, well, Could you please, please just acknowledge that Naomi is one of the best women's wrestlers going today? Uh, nah, dog. Okay. Fair enough. Um, what else have I been up to? Let me, I've forgotten. I'm going to have to read it out. Um, oh yeah, so um, also been house hunting Hello. last couple of weeks. Ooh. So um, we've we've finally, after about seven years, saved up enough for a deposit to live in London. Um, Hell yeah, which is about average length, I think. Um, so we're looking, we're looking. You can't find much, to be honest, um, centrally in London. Uh, probably similar to Dublin although from what I read about Dublin it's much worse currently I would I think I think on most um, lists from from major news sites chronicling the worst places to live financially I think Dublin is like second in the world or some shit it's abysmal I mean if you only will build hotels uh, instead of houses although to be fair if people are fussy and don't want to live in hotels then you know it's their problem you know what they say about literal beggars and choosers Exactly, exactly. Um, so anyway, we're looking. It's a lot of work because you have to really be on it and looking every day to see if something kind of new pops up, any kind of bargains and uh, keep arranging viewings with estate agents and that sort of thing. But yeah, we're persevering. Hopefully it won't be too long before we get our own little uh, pad. Mm-hmm. And then this, this, this uh, podcast will be coming from a new, uh, new location. Very good. And it won't be anywhere too far, so don't worry, I'm not. Not moving to Cork or anywhere. Now that would be interesting. I could probably get more for my money, to be honest. But yeah, I mean, you could probably move to I don't know Zaire, and you'd understand the people there better than you would in Cork. <laughs> oh, he's having a go at Cork. <laughs> um, the, the the funniest thing was so Friday evening we went to view a house at about six thirty. That afternoon at work, we had a charity scavenger hunt, oh, um, I, I which was a lot, a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, so we started at four and it was supposed to finish at like 5.30. Um, so we were out kind of running around London, taking photos of, uh, you know, someone shaking hands with a bus driver. Or what else did we do? Yeah, you know, Doing a selfie in a park, taking pictures of castle, all this sort of thing. So that was fun. Only thing was, obviously, we were running around trying to do all this stuff. And then we got back to the office and there was like a final kind of in uh, sort of in the office, a little scavenger hunt. We had to run around finding clues and led us to the next clue and blah, blah, blah. Only problem was it's quite a humid day as well. So by the time I'd finished this, I was sweating like um, I can only describe a cunt. I was <laughs> <laughs> I had sweat patches bigger than my face. Um, and then I had to, I was running late, obviously to scavenger hunt overrun and I had to get to see this house at like six 30. So I had to run to the train station as well to catch the train stood there on this train, absolutely sweating my balls off. Um, so bad in fact, that when I, I got off the train and met with Michelle, I insisted that we went to a local Lidl that was near the flat, near the house and, um, went in and bought some deodorant, just, uh, sprayed it on in the car park. Because I was so worried that I would get in the house and the estate agent would go, what the fuck is that smell? You sweaty cunt. Um, but anyway, I got a, I got a nice bottle of Shaw 
sprayed, gave that a good spray, and I don't think he noticed. I think I got away with it. Um, yeah, so that is that is one of the perils. If you are house hunting, one of my tips: carry around some spare deodorant in a backpack. What if What do you do for the big face sized sweat patches, though? Well, I'm, they kind of managed to dry off. Um, you know, did you pop the t-shirt in the bin? Uh, go into the nearest clothes shop. Levi's thirty six, please. <laughs> yeah, then take your trousers off, aren't I? <laughs> and oh no, it's a jacket. Oh, um, yes, that's been that's been the week. I'm not actually going to be about it this weekend. I don't know if we're actually oh, going to do a show or if we're moving to a bi-weekly schedule. But um, Michelle and I are going to Yorkshire for a few days. Ooh. A little, little, little holiday. So. Yorkshire. That's looking forward to that. That's where Leeds so, is, isn't it? Yeah, except it's sort of the over the other side. It's like west, no, east Yorkshire, okay. which is closer to like Hull and places like that. Right. People know the geography. Yeah, so we're looking forward to that. Hopefully, the weather's not too bad. Yeah, my English geography is nearly entirely based off football. Yeah, Hull, Hull City. It's near there. All right, Hull, Hull, see all. Right, very good. That's... I've never been to Yorkshire. I need to visit more places in England, I think. Mm. I've only been to London and Manchester. That's all. Nowhere That's in between. Mm. Kind of riding your, riding your palette. <laughs> well, what other places would you recommend, then, Joe, in England to go see? So you've done London and Manchester. Yeah, Manchester, I don't uh, offend anyone. Uh, the footy was quite good. Manchester's a bit of a shithole, though. Um, <laughs> London is great. London's when did, when did you go to Manchester? Uh, it was the first day of the season, uh, 2009. So it was Manchester United against Birmingham uh, in Old Trafford. Okay. They might have done it up since then, I think. Oh, okay. Done it, put a few things in. Yeah. A bit, a bit, a bit, you know. yeah. I would go to Brighton. Brighton is nice on the, on the south on the coast. coast. Yeah. Other than that, you're done really <laughs> other than that they're all the same other than that it's literally just people eating yeah. sausage rolls Barry's been obviously complaining to about Brexit Edinburgh and, uh, that's in Scotland oh, yeah. Scotland England that's the difference mm-hmm. it's all Great Britain isn't it anyone anyone here spent any significant amount of time in Wales oh never been drove never through been. Wales on my way to Manchester that was it well that doesn't really count well I got um, I got the old uh, ferry to Hollyhead. Uh, okay. Uh, well, I um, I've been to Atlanta. Then very good. Was it good? <laughs> <laughs> nice airport. Actually, more stuff to do at the airport than there is in Dublin City. So That's you know, uh, has a little tram and everything. Um, yeah. So uh, Joe's been a busy bee. What about you, Paul? Uh. Well, yeah, well, I obviously have one major bit of news, um, and I don't want this to be like a bit or anything, but the biggest thing that happened uh, to me over the last two weeks was obviously my good friend and um, friend of the show, in a sense. Oh, yeah. Uh, good friend Mama, very sadly, passed away uh, about two weeks ago. Um, so that's kind of big, the biggest the biggest thing is he was obviously like my my uh, my best mate at work. And uh, yeah, ever since I don't know, I've just kind of been in a malaise at work, and uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm potentially pondering how much longer I'm going to stay there. 
it's just not the same. It's just not the same. And I'm kind of falling out of love with it. Um, but yeah, essentially, um, I don't know if I'm going into too many details, but everybody's very sad uh, at work and, and here as well. Um, obviously, we told loads of mama stories over the years on the podcast. Yeah, uh, yeah he was a, a <laughs> quite a source of entertainment. He's a very funny guy. I always loved when you when you told us you the mama story. I did always love that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I'll give you one last one. The 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 very last interaction I ever had with him, uh, was on the Tuesday. Uh, before I got sick, you, you might remember the last podcast we did. I mentioned I'd been sick, so it was Tuesday, the the eleventh uh, of June, and I, I started feeling sick already. I said to Mama, um, "Have you any, you know, anything that can help me?" So he had some paracetamol in his in one of his bags, big, big French one gram paracetamols, like not those puny five hundred milligrams we get over here. <laughs> so he gave me that. I go get some water, drink it, and and weirdly, right, as soon as I took it, my like my sinuses started clearing up a little bit. So I went back to him. I said, "I know what you did," and I kind of gave him, you know, like like tapping me nose, like it's our little secret. I said, "I know what you did. You gave me that tablet, little like placebo, and what you've really done is you used your voodoo powers to heal me." Now I won't tell anyone. Don't worry, but I know what you did. <laughs> um, and yeah, again, sadly, that was like that. Didn't know at the time that was the last conversation I ever had with him. Um, I knew him for eight, eight years since I started working where I work in September 2011. That's when I met him and uh, spoke to him pretty much every day. And it's it's still kind of surreal that he's not there anymore. Um, but uh, yeah, so I don't know if if listeners have any. I don't know, particularly fond mama stories we told over the years that I've, to be honest, probably forgotten about. Uh, feel free to email e- email them to me just so I can have a read of them. I don't even need to read them on the podcast. Just uh, lots and lots of good times. And uh, definitely I, I, I'm kind of... I'm I, Ever since I've, I heard the news, I've definitely kind of been in, in the mode of remembering the good times as opposed to being too down about it or too sad about it. I mean, obviously it's sad. Obviously, obviously I'm upset about it, but um, like I said, I've been kind of trying to trying to remember the good times rather than dwell too much on on any, any bad aspect of it. So that's unfortunately the news. Um, it's not, as I say, it's not a bit, it's not a joke. <laughs> I just want to really make that clear. And and like, uh, this was one of my main reasons that I didn't do the podcast last week, obviously, was that was nearly... I messaged Joan Barry. I think the day after mm. we got the news. So obviously, I I I I, I kind of didn't want to do the podcast because I I wasn't sure at that time how I kind of wanted to approach the subject. Like my fear was, like I said, I I didn't want it to come off like a bit or that I was I was kind of using it for no to make a joke or to make I hate the word you know, content, but that, like I I didn't want to use it for that. So I, I just kind of want to take the weekend off and. We're not YouTubers, for No, exactly, and and YouTube to be honest, none none of what we do, I think, is is good enough to be considered content anyway. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I just got, kind of wanted to take the weekend off, and I kind of spent the weekend then talking to people who knew him and that kind of thing. Uh, so that's kind of the, the like as I said, the main thing. Um, I stayed in Leakslip pretty much the entire two last two weeks. Um, just 
uh, Matthew was uh, obviously graduated from university, so we're kind of not so much tethered to Rohini anymore. Um, and so we just stayed down there. And that was that was nice. Um, the funny thing was, to go back to Mama for a bit, obviously I, I had to tell my brother as well the news, unfortunately. And uh, we had a little in-joke between us where, um, because my brother it doesn't anymore, but he used to have very long hair and a big beard. My Mama used to call him Jesus. And uh, every day I would go for lunch with my brother. I would always ask Mama if he had a question that he wanted to ask <laughs> to Jesus. And I go to my brother and say, okay, Mama has a question for you. The question would be like, is, is he going to heaven? Or, you know, weird ecumenical questions like that. <laughs> and uh, my brother would always give me an answer. And I go back to Mama and, you know, he, he'd say something like, you know, I'm not Jesus or whatever. And, and Mama would say, oh, no, no, he, he must be. <laughs> like, he would be very unhappy with the answer. So he'd push, he'd push me. Um, so, yeah, it, it, even then he, he was kind of like... He, the the in joke was obviously that you know Mama would ask these increasingly ridiculous questions and my brother would kind of you know act upset about it. But even he was saying after he he was kind of bummed that there was no more you know Mama questions or whatever. And even I got a call from my mom that evening who had never met Mama, who called what he 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 died and and she was like really bummed out about it. Um, she was like I f- because you know, I used to tell so many stories about him around the house. She said, like, she felt like she knew him. and um, So, yeah, um, that's kind of, again, the situation. Um, and then the only other, the other, the other thing that happened, obviously, Barry and myself attended the OTT there yesterday. Um, mm. It rained quite badly, and I had no hood or anything on, so I got absolutely soaked. Yep. Um, wasn't as bad getting out of... Tala this time as it was the previous because we figured out there was a, a much closer bus stop than the one that I had taken last time uh, and not only that but the bus took about half the time to get back to the city centre as the other one we did last time so as opposed to the last day where I remember complaining quite badly about the travel from the uh, basketball arena this time we were home by about half eleven so it was fa- it was fairly fine you know um yeah, less less people at this one as well. I think was a uh, uh, yeah a lot, and we were kind of anticipating like the, the last show. We were I don't know forty five minutes waiting for the bus, uh, so I had I had the both bus stops saved on my phone, and I was checking yeah. intermittently. And I was like, as soon as that main event started, I was like, okay, there's a bus in forty seven minutes or whatever. So we we knew like. As soon as that fucking main event ends, we're out the door. <laughs> Getting get to that bus stop. Um, but yeah, it was raining real bad. And then as we were standing, we, we, we got the bus from Tala to the city centre. And as we were standing in the city centre, there obviously had been, uh, obviously those who know, there was a Dublin Gaelic football match on that day. So loads of, loads of people in Dublin jerseys. Um, you know, scum of the earth, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. And there was one lad, and this is kind of, I guess, sad in a sense, but there was one older guy, right? Big, plump, jolly sort, probably oh, in his man. mid-60s. Dublin jersey. Wearing a, wearing a black hoodie and a an No, no, just, just, just had his Dublin, uh-huh. Dublin jersey on. Sky blue Dublin jersey, holding an umbrella. Uh, just being sick. <laughs> just being <laughs> sick in, uh, on Westmoreland Street there. And there was this, like, quite you know, posh, 
well-to-do woman who had been standing next to him, and as he just started, she just uh, very slowly made her way as far away from him as she could possibly go, uh, while still being in the region of the the general region of the bus stop. Uh, and I was just watching him, and he just like he just seemed to get sick for like twenty straight minutes. He just would not stop being sick. I couldn't believe it. And then he got on the bus and sat kind of behind us. And I was like, oh, if this guy gets sick again, I'm going to fucking kill him with one punch. The old Barry Murphy right hook. <laughs> yes. uh, it didn't come to that in the end. Wasn't wasn't required. That's handy. That's handy. But um, so that's, that's, that's my week. What about yourself, Barry? Yes, obviously I've been uh, away quite a bit. Lots of stuff going on. Uh, so prior to this show, the lads got to hear me struggling with my new laptop uh, and Skype. Um, I despise Skype with all every fiber of my being. Um, but other than that, I'm very happy with my new laptop. What kind of uh, laptop did you get? It's an Acer Nitro series. So it's a a low-end gaming laptop. So I wanted something that would kind of Mr. be... Mr. Uh, Barry Murphy has picked a good brand. Congratulations. Is that a good brand? That's well, good. the best laptop I've ever owned was an Acer, so... Yeah, I, I did I, I did a little bit of, uh, you know, kind of research into which one I wanted to get because... So it's, it's, it's pretty modest. It's not, uh, you know, obviously I have consoles already. This isn't anything that's going to be running, you know, The Witcher 3 at 60 frames a second or anything crazy like that. Um, I kind of just wanted for some, you know, editing work here and there and a proper computer to type on and a little bit of gaming on on the side as well. Um, I got that. Um, so, yeah, so far, so good. It's really nice. It's a big beast of a fucking laptop. It's it's. I got a laptop just because my apartment's got a small and I, I don't have a whole lot of space for a desktop. And sometimes I like to write in bed, but it's not what I would describe as an, as an extremely portable uh, 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 device. But anyway. So I'm enjoying that quite a bit. Uh, I got that Xbox Game Pass uh, thing mm-hmm. on PC, um, which is their thing they've had on console for ages. They rolled it out on PC now. It's like basically their Netflix service uh, uh, for games. That's pretty interesting. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's kind of playing with that last week was kind of the, the main uh, gist of, of what I was at. Uh, then this past weekend was the old birthday, the old day of birth, mm-hmm. uh, uh, coinciding with, with OTT weekend. Uh, the other thing I did uh, uh, as part of the birthday was I went to the Dublin Comic Con uh, on Saturday, which was very fun. I would love to do it again. I'll probably definitely go next year, um, but I'll probably have to bring more money because Comic Con is an expensive thing. It is basically it is. Uh, uh, materialism the event, right? <laughs> So you got to have money if you want to buy your rare comics or even your indie comics. You, know, you want to support your local artists. Got to have cash to do that. And then if you want to if you want to get your uh, your meet and greet opportunities with your big stars, uh, uh, that costs a pretty penny. There was panels on all day. Um, uh, there was one guy who starred in uh, Arrow, which I'm not familiar with. He was very entertaining. Uh, again, I was with my roommate. He liked a lot more of these shows than I do, so I kind of tagged along to some of these speeches. Uh, the guy who plays Bruce Wayne in the uh, uh, the Gotham TV series, he was actually very interesting because he talked a little bit about being a, a young kid getting his start in Hollywood, which is good. And then uh, Troy Baker, who was the kind of the main person I was there to see. He's obviously the voice of Joel in The Last of Us and a, a litany of other games. We get a load of this, Paul, right? You and I, we go to OTT, right? We've, we've talked we a little bit about our... Um, uh, our uh, merch table wheelings and dealings and all this other stuff, right? Yeah. And I don't think you, you and I we're not big uh, we're not big meet and greet people. We're not we're not pay fifty quid 
to uh, to to have a professional photo with Cody. That's yeah. not our that's Top not our page bag. from behind. So, right, right. <laughs> that's, that's not our thing. But so I was going to Comic Con and, and I, I you know I was going to go see Troy Baker's panel. But obviously I wanted to you know I wanted to do it. Uh, they, they did a meet and greet and then they also did a um, uh, a photo op. Mm. As in a professional photo op with like an actual photographer, and uh, I say meet and greet. It, it wasn't uh, go in early and, and have a chin wag with him. He was he, he had a he had a booth where you could go up and get a signature and get a picture, or whatever. So they didn't advertise the prices, right? And you and I have often scoffed at the prices some of these people pay to get this wrestling stuff done. Yeah. So uh, I'm in the queue for Troy Baker. There's like two dudes ahead of me, and I'm close enough that I can just make out the, the price list on the table, right? Get a load of this. So I had a copy of The Last of Us on PS3 that I wanted him to sign. Uh, to get either an 8x10 signed, which, you know, they supplied that for you. That's, that's good of them. Or a personal item signed. It was 40 Europeans, okay, to get him to write his name on a thing. <laughs> and I looked at that and said, ooh, Bippy, well, this is the guy I came to see, so I guess I'm doing that. And then uh, there was a second option that was get the autograph and then also get a picture as in just on your phone. This isn't with the photographer. Mm. That one was 60 quid. Right. right. Um, and I don't even think there was an option to get the picture on its own. I think it was, you either got the autograph or you got the autograph at the picture. Yeah. Uh, and so I said to my roommate, like, Jesus Christ, 60 quid to get the pictures. Like, you know, like, I'll, I'll just get it signed. He goes, yeah, yeah, I'll just get it signed too. Uh, about 30 seconds later, we both switched our, our, our we changed our shoes. We're like, well, we're here and we're paying 40 quid. We might as well just pay 60 because we obviously both wanted the picture. Mm. So uh, the type of thing I would just completely scoff at if I heard one of my friends did it at OTT. I, I did it like a complete mark here. So I paid my 60 quid. I got it. Um, uh, I got the box signed and it, we, we took a picture. And let me tell you, not only did he work me by getting my, the, my money out of me, but just played me like a damn fiddle. I went up and I shook his hand and I said, oh, no. Really, really big fan, and last was my favorite game ever. And I, uh, I told him that uh, the last time he was in Dublin, my roommate uh, came up, and I wasn't able to, so I gave him my uh, Last of Us art book to, to to be signed, and so he did sign it. And I said, "Yeah, I was really grateful for the signature, and I, uh, you know, it was a shame I didn't get to meet you that time." And like a true worker, he goes, "Oh, well, it is great to finally meet you." And I was like, "Oh, oh you, you worker!" Oh, and then you know, then I walked off after giving him sixty quid. Um, but, uh, yeah. So he didn't no, just take up. your money; he took your dignity as well. He did. He oh, did. It's like it's like what goodness. a what a oh. And then then he hit my roommate with the nice to see you again thing. Ah, <laughs> uh, like I fed him that line. <laughs> oh, he's a he. You know what? He earned it. He earned you it. You should have just he gone for the old OTT special of just walk up to him and go, hey, "Can I have a photo, please?" And then when then don't buy anything and walk away. Yeah, that goes down very well at Comic Con. <laughs> Uh, pretty sure you get banned for life from all that doesn't that doesn't even go down well at indie wrestling shows these days they can they can arse with you about that but anyway that's another topic but um so yeah super expensive uh thing to do it's like it's like 20 quid to get in all the panels are free which is good and they were interesting and they were fun even the people i didn't know uh it's great to see all the like all the art all the talented artists from the local area who i knew nothing about before that was really great all the cosplayers some of the cosplay was legitimately tremendous i sent you that picture of the gravity falls yeah, yeah. uh i kids like that was that was great that was one where i i i, I tapped my room in and so i was like okay look i know you don't know this show but that is a tremendous collection of outfits and so i saw that and just it was, it was a genuinely great experience within obviously you know fairly smaller uh standards of the dublin setting it was a very satisfactory con experience 
Um, so I would recommend people go, even if even if the the, the guest list doesn't blow your mind uh, next year. It's it's a fun little experience to go along to. Yeah, I mean, I've been uh, to Dublin Comic Con a few years ago. Yeah. Um, the biggest star, I think, then was a pre Guardian uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, Michael Rooker. Okay. I, I didn't know who he was at the time, <laughs> but uh, I suppose we're never a uh, Walking Dead person. No, I, I, I really am. I'm not. Um, but yeah, it, definitely a, a, a money hole. Um, we got a nice little. Uh, my neighbor Totoro print that uh, sits on our wall quite proudly, and uh, a few bits and pieces that I've probably not seen in about four years. God knows where they are. But, uh, it's funny you mentioned the print. I, I bought a Spider Gwen print, yeah. um, but by by like an independent local artist. And it, I was actually talking to this about you know the people at work today who don't know anything about like Comic Con, and just the disparity. Troy Baker, and to be, to be fair, I don't regret. I he was very very nice. He was very very charming. He took the picture. I got the you know the signature. It meant a lot to me. Um, don't begrudge him at all. But he got sixty quid out of that interaction. Obviously, he was at that booth all day, except for when he was doing his panel. The guy probably made a killing. And then I got this really nicely uh, illustrated uh, Spider Gwen eight uh, uh, sort of A four size sheet signed by the artist for a fiver. Yeah. Um, like the disparity between the local guys trying to make their their few quid and make you know get their name out there, you know, s- you know, selling a Spider Gwen and other characters you would recognize, and then also like, oh, by the way, here's my my comic that I drew. Um, you know that that disparity is, is pretty interesting. And if I was to go back next year, I, I'd bring more money. And I, I w- there was so much overpriced stuff there as well, like rare Funko Pops and uh, statues of of you know John Wick for two hundred quid and stuff like that. But I'd, I'd like to go back with a, a a big wad of cash and just get just get a ton of stuff that from people I've never heard of. And if some of it's shite, whatever, if, you know, on the hope that some of it's good. But. Um, but yeah, so that was that was fun, yeah. and that led into get, a, get uh, a nice little frame for your print. That's what we did, and it it looks great. Yeah, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna frame that, um, and and uh, yeah, uh, my roommate got a a, a lovely hand drawn uh, Pikachu illustration that was very very cute. Uh, so we are gonna put those up. So yeah, no, very fun. And then obviously we had OTT the next day, which you and I will talk about uh, uh, later, which was which was a good time again. And. Uh, 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 me and a, and a collection of folks, we uh, had a bowling tournament before OTT, which was a great time. How'd you do? Uh, say what? How did you do? I got, I did quite poorly. I got 69. Nice. <laughs> All right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad. But I, I did better yeah, in Germany. Sure. But I, I did better in Germany, and I, but somehow I did worse than that when we went practicing uh, prior to Germany, so I, I think my my uh, my my overall feeling is that I am just a below have a significantly below average bowler. But there you go. It's about taking part and all that. Yeah, um, yeah absolutely. Uh, yeah. So uh, I think. Yeah, I think that was my my week more or less. I did karaoke Ooh, after um, very good. after after OTT. Uh, I did uh, in honor of a man who celebrates twenty years in the pro wrestling business today. I did the final countdown. Very good. Um, and I also did uh, 99 Problems by Jay-Z. Um, so, and uh, <laughs> Angel Cruz and Session Moth Martina got to watch me do 99 Problems because they were in the bar as I was doing that. So, uh, so, so I got a show and then they got a show. Um, well, 
Did they come and get a photo with you? Or... <laughs> they didn't. I, they, I I saw them sort of talking to security and pointing at sort of that man on the stage, and I was like, that's a bit weird. Um, well, we had more than hype walk past me and me mate, uh, jolly sick boy. So. Yeah. <laughs> Did you do the little hand? Did you do the little hand symbol? No. No. <laughs> well, their match wasn't good enough for me to do a hand symbol for them. So oh! Don't spoil the review. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was that was my my week slash weeks. Been a uh, been a bit all over the place, but uh, yeah, good 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 couple of weeks. Nice, nice. So uh, we've got a ton of stuff to get through here. Um, do we want to talk a bit about telly? I have not really watched a lot of telly. I have still not finished uh, Chernobyl. Uh, oh. I just don't know. I just can't get into the mood to watch it. Do you know what I mean? I I I watch it and it's excellent, and then I was like, "Well, I need a week off now." I'm watching it like a, I'm watching it like it aired, mm. but now I've actually taken I think two weeks off. Uh, you got to w- watch it in one block. That's what we did. Oh. Sunday afternoon, five hours, boom, watch a lot. Because why don't you watch one? You want to watch the next one? You trust me. True. Okay. True. Uh, but yeah, so I haven't, I haven't gotten around to finishing that, and I don't think I've uh, watched anything else new. I just started rewatching Arrested Development from the start again. So, um, oh, cool. but uh, nothing, nothing new. What about you, lads? Uh, I finished season three of True Detective. I don't remember if I talked about that on the show or not. Um, very good. I liked it a lot. Um, definitely a step up from season two, which I didn't hate, but was definitely uh, mm. not particularly memorable. Yeah, uh, but yeah, Mahershala Ali is top notch in it. So is uh, Stephen Dorff. They're both really great. Um, yeah, it definitely feels a lot closer to season one in terms of uh, maybe not so much in terms of quality. I think season one's still the best one, um, but performance wise, I think it's right up there. Um, the story, like like the first season, the story does get a little a little convoluted towards its climax. But uh, I think it's definitely worth a watch. I think it's very, very good. Which is funny because I haven't heard much uh, noise about it since it came out. But uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of it. So worth a watch. Um, that's really all I've been watching. I've been watching a lot of uh, QI for some reason. I've just Their YouTube oh, channel has yeah. loads of clips on it. Just been watching that. And not much else. Uh, what about you, Joe? Um, so only really this, this is a show called Years and Years, which has been on BBC, um, it's kind of their new big show, I think it's, it's about to start on HBO as well, now that it's finished its run on BBC One, um, it's from Russell T Davies, who mm. was the original showrunner on the new Doctor Who, who kind of brought it back, uh, he's done other stuff, he did Queer as Folk back in the day and, and other things, um, it's kind of, it's weird show, it's, um, like a kind of dystopia that picks up from where we are now kind of politically and technology and goes 10 years into the future and kind of extrapolates, you know, if, if uh, fascism continues, it's, it's surge and technology kind of continues to change things. Um, it's a, a very odd show. I wouldn't say I necessarily recommend it. It, it, it does remind me of like a 2009 Doctor Who episode. Um, and it's got this weird, like it has a lot of kind of futuristic technology in it, but then other stuff will not have changed at all. Like 
there's a girl in it that's got like um, kind of AR augmented reality chips um, embedded in her head and fingers so she can make phone calls and, and watch videos and things. But then her mum's got like a 2017 MacBook and it's like um, a bit inconsistent. And I think that that's the thing with sort of Russell T Davies. It's just like doesn't flesh out the world fully. So it kind of feels a bit strange and a bit incomplete. Um, but it's, it's an interesting show. Again, I wouldn't like recommend it because I don't think most people would actually enjoy it. But it's been received fairly well, it mm. seems, in terms of ratings and reviews and stuff. Um, yeah, that's, that's about it, really. been watching that. Other than that, been on the old World Cup tip this week. Good. Um, quick music, uh, quick music. Uh, I don't know why... Obviously, uh, Barry and myself haven't discussed the big Slane concert, uh, Metallica, and that. Oh yeah, um, it's good. I, I did see you. I saw you for a minute, and then you did slipped you? away into the shadows. You're gone too fast for me to do anything. Yeah, yeah, right, right at the he, beginning. He, right. he does move like lightning. Yeah. Um. So that was a good. It, that was a good show. It is insanely hard because there's seventy thousand people there. It's insanely hard. I was snapchatting a, a buddy of mine who was there and we were i was trying i was like doing i'm equidistant between the m and the fish and chip stand and he sent me a snap of where he st- he was standing i was like you have to be able within the sound of my voice how do you not hear me where are you it's impossible to find people in that place it was tough um but i've been listening to a lot of cat stevens lately i don't know why <laughs> okay that's a left turn i was not expecting yeah <laughs> Bring tea for the Tillerman, stick for the sun. I've just been listening to, you know, Spotify have the This Is yeah. playlist. So I've just been listening to this Cass Evans one. Maybe I got all my kind of, you know, heavy rock out of me at that concert. Maybe that's what it was. And I'm just moving into a softer, more solemn mode. But, uh, yeah, Metallica are pretty good. Uh, I was only there for Ghost anyway, so I was very pleased. And they were great, but nobody gave a shite, baby. It was very unfortunate. I mean, a lot, a lot of people were there for Metallica only, to be fair. Oh, of course, of course. Uh, I was I was funny the other way around. As soon as Metallica came on, I was like, all right, here we go. I, I don't know. I thought Metallica were tremendous. I thought, all things considered, despite the fact that, like, um, uh, uh, you know, the drummer looks like Scott Hall, modern Scott Hall. <laughs> uh, they, they, <laughs> ah... The performance, oh the performance was great. I thought they played the hits, and they played them well. I don't think they played anything past Saint Anger, did they? And they only had one song off. Oh, that. they definitely did. They played some uh, some off their new album. Did they? Oh, I did not twig that at all. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I haven't listened to their new album, so that was probably that's probably why. Well, I didn't anytime they played a song that was completely tuneless and just noise, that was what that was. Okay, with that's like a enough. tuneless solo over it. This is our new song, Dublin. Just that. But it is it is funny that that it's one of those gigs, and I feel like they they kind of knew and they kind of leaned into it because the set list was very old, uh, mostly. Because uh, at one point, it feels like um, do you wanna, hey, we're going to play some some new stuff. But then the push side was, and we're going to play some old stuff, and everyone cheered. And then later, he goes, folks, okay, we're, you know, we're, towards the end of the concert, do you uh, you want to hear something new, or do you want to hear something old? And it was like <laughs> he knew, he knew. Also, right, it's a trick question. We're all old. Also, right, Hetfield, right, his voice is what it used to be, but he still belts it out. I thought he was great. 
However, he's not much for the banter, is he? His little his little interludes where he was just like, just play the next song, mate. Just play the next song. You don't yeah. need to you don't need to be uh, chit chatting. Um, the chit chat wasn't even good. He was just kind of mumbling about how old and doddery he was. He's like, oh, I'm good, uh, Dublin. Or not Dublin, Slane, I guess you would have said. <laughs> Me. But, uh, yeah. No, I liked, I, I, thought, I thought it was a really great gig. I thought the production was great. I thought, I, I, I don't know, I'm not sure if you said you've been before. I just thought the novelty of being in Slane was cool. It's a very cool venue. Yeah, I'd never go back. Uh, I would also never go back. <laughs> um, <laughs> I did not get back to Limerick until 5 a.m., maybe, after getting up at 7 yeah. Uh, so I had the bones of a 24-hour uh, stretch, and my legs were just destroyed. I uh, think the first time I saw Metallica, I think I was up for 36 hours or something. Ridiculous. God. Yeah, with the with the travel involved and the sheer volume of people and the money and the the standing all day and the getting back at 5 a.m., I said to my roommate, whose idea this trip was, I was like, "That was great. Seeing Metallica was great. Being in Slain was great." I don't know if I'd ever go again because I can't think of another artist I'd be bothered enough to see uh, to that degree. And mm. everyone who I've said that to who has suggested someone, the answer has been no. Like Eminem, no. Springsteen, like maybe, but not really. Um, like, no, I, I can't think of a single artist I care about enough that I would kind of go through all that palava again. Well, there we go. Also, I listened to that Billie Eilish album. It's pretty good. <laughs> oh, very good. She's <laughs> um, a bad guy. I like uh, Teaser and the Wildcat, whatever it's called. That's a good one. By Al Yusuf Islam. Uh, so that's our music music off there. I, I did realize that, yeah, we had, we had, we had Metallica on top of us. That's about three weeks of music off there for you folks. Uh, we got some video games to discuss. I'll go kind of quick through mine because I just have some, some brief things. I finished Mortal Kombat 11's story mode. It's mm-hmm. good. Really enjoyed it. Really fun. Uh, got me excited at the prospect of, uh, they are rebooting that movie franchise. Um, I'm sure it'll be kind of campy Drek, but if it's fun campy Drek, I'm into it. Uh, so that's good. Um, and I just this week started two new games that came out this week. Uh, my friend Pedro mm-hmm. on Nintendo Switch. That is the uh, Devolver-published kind of side-scrolling kind of Max Payne-looking thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, where you're flipping through the air and shooting your gun. Really good. Uh, it's it's pretty close to what the trailers convey. It's just a lot of doing cool moves and jumping through the air in slow motion, shooting two guns at once, which is fine by me. Uh, I, I, I'm enjoying that. And uh, just for about an hour before I came onto this show, I played the new Crash Team Racing, um, which, on first impression, is bloody tremendous. It felt so good. I just did a couple of races and it's fast, and it looks great. It sounds great, and it's responsive, and the, the the handling feels good. I'm well into that, so I'm actually probably going to jump straight back into that uh, after this show. So a big thumbs up on that. Uh, that's that's two for two on on Crash remasters as far as uh, as this man's money goes. Uh, what about you, Paul? What have you been playing this week? Uh, well, finally, put the kibosh on Hitman. Hell yeah. Old 100% trophies on that one. Ooh, daddy. No platinum, well sadly. But uh, beat them all. Uh, beat all trophies, all mastery levels, 20 and that. Yeah. Pretty satisfied that I beat them as much as I'm going to do. I don't know. 70, 80 hours. Something like that. Uh, straight into Hitman 2. Loving that. Done the first two levels. Um, 
the first main level uh, of the five is like this Formula One race. Uh, the level is fucking enormous. Yeah. Uh, so much fun. Ah, those games. I think Hitman. Now that now that Hitman is done and dusted, I I think it's probably my favorite PlayStation Four game. Um, I just I just really really gelled with it. And although I went long stretches without playing it, just the, this last kind of month where I've I've gone from like Sapienza to beating the game a hundred percent, I've just thoroughly enjoyed it. I, that that's really a game I can just sit and play again and again and again and again and again and again, just for hours doing every challenge, every you know. And and not just and not just because of your enjoyment of it, because it is designed to be revisited endless amounts of time. Exactly. Um, which and, is great. And Hitman Two. Definitely makes some changes for the better. Um, for instance, obviously there are a few, some cosmetic changes, right? So when, a, let's say you you knock out some bodyguard, Mark takes clothes and that. Um, when the body is found, it shows you a little inset like video of someone finding the body, so you know exactly which body it is that's been found. Right, and you can kind of okay avoid that area now for the time being. Uh, also, you still have like the seven opportunities but three of them are specifically linked to the story so it's not just seven wacky assassinations uh each level has three uh opportunities like i say they're specifically linked to the story and it advises you to complete those three before proceeding to the next level to get a better understanding of the story of the game and that's one thing that the first hitman definitely lacked in like the story was for the most part um drivel um like, you would have, between levels, a cutscene, and you're like, I don't know who any of these people are or what's happening. But uh, Hitman 2, because it's more integrated into the levels rather than just the cutscenes between them, uh, it makes the story seem like a more important part of what's going on. Um, so I'm loving that. Definitely, um, as I said, some some quality of life improvements. Like, when you want to take out your lockpick or whatever in hitman in the first hitman it's it, like a menu that takes up the whole screen now it's just a little bar on the bottom that you can scroll through so li- little things like that that make it make it easier to play um, and also um uh like again very small things but really cleared up to avoid any confusion uh the indicators of like what's trespassing yeah. and what you're not trespassing but the item you have isn't compatible with this outfit and that's going to get you in trouble like you're never i i found like my my percentage of times where i'm left wondering wait what was i caught doing is basically zero in hitman 2 yeah um i always know what i did wrong um uh, and they they really really fine-tuned well it used to be for, in, in in the first hitman in my first run through of each level it used to be, as you say, just kind of trial and error, finding out, like, can I go in here? Can I not? And taking, like, one step in to see if the trespassing would pop up on the map. And now, as you say, it's a little bit more clear in terms of where you can go and where you can't. Because some levels I would be playing, I would be on nearly, like, Silent Assassin uh, achievement level. And then i just take a wrong left, and suddenly I'm trespassing, and people are now shooting at me. So, as I said, hopefully that doesn't happen so so much in this one. But uh, oh, those games are so much fun. They um they just rolled out the first post release map for two. Yeah, I I I'm I'm subscribed to their little DLC thing, so 
I, have, uh, I don't think I've downloaded so the app. You, I will. You mentioned uh, your uh, extended periods between going to Madu. I still have not finished Hitman 2. Ooh, um, there you go. I think I'm about halfway through. And again, it, I think it's also a case of it does require a certain... Uh, like It's a it's very time-intensive game. I, I don't yeah. want to sit down and play that game unless I know I have 90 minutes to sure. properly do, a, do one good run through it and finish it, even if it's even if it's not perfect, you know, and, yeah, and one so run on, through can that, sometimes take in the range of 25 to 35 minutes. Like, yeah. So, um, uh, yeah. So I got you. Hitman's great. We, we're, we're big, we're champions of the old Hitman on, on this show. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I suppose that will do it for the game up there. Yeah. Uh, we can jump into movie golf. Uh, let me see. I've watched some movies this week that I was uh, pleasantly surprised by. Uh, I watched uh, Ma, which is the which is the latest uh, Blumhouse uh, sort of sleeper hit. Um, I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really great slow burn horror i thought it was a uh, uh, it, it's very darkly comic and it's very uh, it is scary it's, it's very very tense um uh, obviously it's 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 kind of flipping some tropes on its heads with it, with its uh its premise basically uh octavia spencer plays sort of a um a sort of friendly neighborhood uh maternal figure to some local teens she offers them uh, a place to basically drink and party in, in, in privacy without fear of uh of being seen by their parents or local police. And obviously there is a uh, devious uh, 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 intentions in, in her doing that. And it all kind of unfolds from there. I was very pleasantly surprised with how it's paced. It's really teased out uh, uh, the way that story goes. Um, so that's actually, I really, really enjoyed that. I think horror fans would get a kick out of that. Uh, and I watched Brightburn, um, which is the James Gunn produced uh, horror movie that's that's marketing was very much very very much leading into the idea that they basically wanted you to think this was a Superman movie where he's a bad guy. Mm. Uh, really leading into the Man of Steel vibes in the trailer, uh, going very Smallville esque as well, but basically with with the twist. Um, I liked it. I think. I think people will be surprised by it. I think it's it's not any kind of kind of superhero send up to the level you might think based on the marketing. Uh, it is kind of it is more of a traditional kind of horror that I was expecting. Um, but I enjoyed it. I, I thought there was some some layers to it that I was not expecting. I appreciated that it did not just go kind of superhero parody because I think. I think there's enough superhero stuff, both self-serious and not self-serious, that I don't know that I needed another one of those. Uh, I think this movie has a lot more interesting things to say than just that, and I, I, I don't want to reveal too much more beyond that. But, um, yeah, it's been pretty divisive. I've seen people who really didn't like it. I saw people who, who were kind of disappointed it wasn't more of a superhero parody. I saw people who uh, didn't mind that it was horror, but didn't think it was an especially good horror. I, I, I think people have been all over the place on it. It's one I'd recommend that if it's still showing near you to, to give it a watch and just see what you make of it. Um, because it's certainly unique. I think, I think it's doing some unique stuff. Uh, and that's it. I think the last thing I've seen is, is dark Phoenix, which I think at least one of you has seen. Is that right? I, uh, I've seen dark Phoenix. 
what did you make of the Dark Phoenix, Paul? Uh, I think this will be a very quick review. Um, apart, <laughs> apart from the last 30 minutes with the train, which was quite fun, it bored the hole off me, baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would call it intensely boring. Uh, yes, I... I but kind of like Apocalypse, which I actually, I actually think was probably worse. I probably liked Apocalypse. Eh, well, no, they're about even. I liked Apocalypse like- more. At least it was, as you said, for, uh, something earlier, it was campy fun. Uh, I, I, I was kind of shocked at the level of vitriol at, at Apocalypse. I thought it was a pretty average movie that people just shat on. Um, and I, I kind of feel more or less the same way with this. I thought it was just, it, this was below average. This was, it was, like you said, it was extremely boring. Um, they were, they were like, they were like building off relationships that I had forgotten were established in, in, um, uh, in Apocalypse. Like, I remember thinking as I was leaving the cinema, I was like, Did, have we seen this iteration of the Cyclops and Jean Grey characters before in movies? Because they just kind of start this movie in a relationship. I was like, do we? And I was like, oh yeah, they were in Apocalypse. That's right. I, I just remember Oscar Isaac in that movie. Um, uh, yeah, it's it was boring, and the last scene was cool, although not cool enough to make to justify it as any kind of good movie worth seeing. Um, but a uh, bit of an old wet fart to end the uh, the franchise on, if that is the end, which I I do believe it is. Yeah, it's really boring. Like I I, I was I was kind of sitting, God, almost horizontally with like me, chi- me chin on me fist on the armrest, and just thinking to myself, you know, if I nod off here for a few minutes I probably won't miss too much and I, for for some minutes I did have my eyes closed because I was just it was putting me to sleep I know that's like a cliche to say but it, it kind of was and then yeah the last like uh, half hour 25 minutes is pretty fun um, but getting there is such a slog and some of the performances are really bad some of them are quite good I think uh I think Fassbender is like, and, and to an extent, McAvoy is like the only person left who kind of gives a shit. Some of his, uh, you know, the acting where they're like pushing magnets invisibly against each other and they're going like, Aah! with their arms out, like holding invisible mm. force. He does that very well. Um, other people just hold their hands out. Uh, I, thought, I thought Jennifer Lawrence uh, was pretty awful. Yeah, she's pretty bad. She definitely has one. She had one eye on the exit door. Um, and you know, Sophie Turner was our. I guess she. She just kind of. I, I did not like her at all. She. She was just kind of there. I don't know. Um, yeah, not the best. Not the best. I mean, the one thing an X Men film shouldn't be is boring. And yet, no. There we are. Uh. Well, I saw Toy Story 4. I also watched 2 and 3 in the lead-up. Like, I've seen Toy Story 1 enough that I didn't feel the need that I need to rewatch it. Um, first time watching Toy Story 2, I think since I saw it in the cinema. And uh, I had this memory of it, maybe too much comparing it to the first one, that I, I wasn't a huge fan of it. I thought it was pretty good, but not great. Uh, but on rewatch, I think it is great. I think it's pretty bloody good. Um, Toy Story 3, obviously I'm a huge fan of. And I think I enjoyed it even more on rewatch. 
Uh, I think it's probably the best Pixar film. Uh, I think it's probably, yeah, even better than the first one. I think everything it does is just is, is so well done. And then Toy Story 4, the new one, is... Uh, it's very funny. Okay. It's... Uh, it's emotional, but less so than the third one. Definitely. And although it's very good, there is there is definitely that underlying feeling of that that's completely unnecessary, <laughs> which is kind of its biggest problem. Um, but it's a very it is a very good Toy Story film, even if you can't you, you leave it kind of thinking you know what three was the real ending. <laughs> it's nowhere like as bad as Dark Phoenix is compared no. to like, this is where it ends off, but. Um, it uh yeah it just feels like a I don't know a good a good seven or eight out of ten you know Pixar films are, are are typically really good and it's definitely it definitely is but uh it's a come down after three which is a bit of a shame and some of the some of the direction that it takes feels a little bit forced but it, it's uh it's definitely good and it's definitely worth a watch for sure it is uh. Yeah. It, it, it really is super risky when you have not only a, a very well-regarded trilogy, but the last entry in particular did feel like they actually peaked, which is so rare. Um, I mean, it's, it's basically an unwinnable gamble, even if this one was excellent as well. Yeah, uh, it's like how how you can't you can't really top what they did before. But I'm glad I'm glad it's it, at the very least it's still very good. It's you know? very very good. Um... <laughs> I'm looking forward to see. I don't know when I'm going to see it, but I, obviously I want to see it in yeah. cinemas because we love the old Toy Story. Um, yeah, I thought I don't have much else really to say about it. Um, no, it, 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 I think it's probably the weakest of the four, but it's a very good trilogy to compare it to. You know, um, yeah, so I, can't, I can't say I was really disappointed in any way about it. Other than, as I said, the feeling of that three was such a perfect ending. Why did they make four at all? But as a, as its own film, it's 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 very good. Uh, that it for movies, Joe. Any movies? So, uh, Patty Cakes, um, movie about this kind of white trash girl. I think it's in Florida, and she's an aspiring rapper, and it's a bit of a kind of, you know. Uh, eight mile esque thing where she's trying to be discovered and rap. Uh, it's, it was entertaining enough. I didn't get that kind of emotionally invested in it, and the rapping's really bad. <laughs> it's almost very kind of like outdated sort of rap style that you would have heard like twenty years ago, um, which was a bit weird. But yeah, it did a decent enough. Give it a watch if you if you fancy. All right. Um, suppose we can move forward there. You boys have emails? I don't have emails. Yeah. Let me double check my emails while you read your emails. I have emails. Do you want to go first, Joe? I'll go first. Um, my first one is from Scott, uh, the boy McAvoy. It says, good evening, Joe. Since you and Paul talked about the Moxley podcast, I'm wondering if you checked out the new JR podcast. As much as I enjoyed the old JR show, his new one is much better. Conrad asking JR questions about what was going on, much like he did with Pritchard and JR being kept on track about what they are talking about, makes for, makes for some very interesting conversations. The 
Capital Combat episode covering Owen Hart's death was both entertaining and heartbreaking. Um, I haven't listened to that. I, I don't. I'm not sure if I ever listened to the JR podcast. Maybe a couple of episodes of the old one. Um, have you ever, when was the last time you checked out the old JR show? Uh, I don't think I've ever listened to a single one. Uh, never. No. Yeah, I don't think I listen to any of his. I don't. Any, I don't any listen to any ongoing wrestling podcasts. Full stop. So the Mox, the Moxie one was just a a toe back in the water, so to speak, because yeah. I'd heard about it. So I, I kind of went to seek it out. And unfortunately, I can't figure out how to unsubscribe from the Thomas Jericho. I can't figure out on this little app I use how to unsubscribe from it. So I still get his little like. Delete it. Start again. Oh, we've got the singer from Toto on this week to discuss the making of Hold the Line or whatever. What the fuck is this? Wait, wait, whoa, whoa. Hang on now. Hang on now. Hang on. Hang on. You're, you you want to unsubscribe from this? What? The... <laughs> uh, so no, I've not I've not listened to any Jim Ross or or I've not I've never listened to a Conrad Thompson podcast either. Um, uh, but my understanding is that Conrad is a, as Scott has mentioned there, he's generally considered a, a just a really great host in terms of just functionally keeping his guests going where they need to be going and 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 you know moving things quite along. I mean, yeah, it just sounded like the type of thing I would never enjoy, but people just loved that Bruce Pritchard show he did. I mean, that 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 was so well regarded. Um, but anyway, cool. uh, um, so yeah, sounds like it's worth checking out, Scott. Um, he also says. With the Women's World Cup going on, I'm curious what you and Paul thought of the 13-0 score of the USA-Thailand game. Not so much the game itself, it was barely a scrimmage, but over here, there was a lot of talk about celebrations after each goal, and if the US should have toned it down a bit after the first eight goals or so. Thank you, and have a great week. Uh, yeah, so the USA did beat Thailand 13-0. It was a bit of a mismatch. Um, to be honest, I think if you're at a World Cup and you score, celebrate. Um yeah. If England, if the England men's team went thirteen 0 up at a World Cup, I'd be taking my shirt off and running around the living room. Yeah, football's coming home, so don't worry about it. Let them, let them celebrate. Uh, I, I think it's interesting. Maybe Scott can can follow up on this. I think I think that's just generally not a conversation over here. Whereas, the, like, don't end it, like in the NFL, they have regulations on celebrations or something to that effect. Like, you have to, you can't do certain things post touchdown am i making that up or i don't know I, like I, I believe that's right i think they're yeah over the amount of like time you spend celebrating as well something like that. yeah like okay. just general you know ideals of sportsman like conduct and stuff like that um yeah it's like i think i think the the over-the-top football celebration though i mean that's like an ingrained part of of the culture almost in a way um, but uh, yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> to be fair, at a certain point, if you're whooping them thirteen nil, just pick the ball up and go back. Don't rub it in. You like if you like, you can you can do a full celebration for like the first five, but after that, you are just being mean. Yeah, no, this was apparently this NFL rules apparently scaled back in 2017. Okay, so that's all. Okay, um, I have another email from Will, a good friend. Will, uh, subject Cody. Um, hi Joe, I thought I'd actually ask you a question about wrestling for a change hmm. uh, What are your thoughts on Cody Rhodes? The reason I ask was because of Steve Austin's, Steve Austin saying his match at All or Nothing is his career defining All or Nothing? Double or Nothing? Double or Nothing, yeah 
and it's, it's his career-defining match. I'd love to hear all of your opinions on his career. Um, never really found him at all interesting or entertaining <laughs> in WWE. Kind of just there. Um, there was that one good promo he did when they were doing the McMahon Rhodes feud, um, which was really good. Um, and I think his kind of performance as Stardust was kind of interesting, but also maybe a bit sort of campy and silly, too sort of silly, even for that character. Uh, but since he's left, he's done some very interesting things. And the, the two matches I've seen it in uh, All In and Double or Nothing, I probably enjoyed the most out of all the matches on the card. So the one with Magnus and the one with Dustin Rhodes. Um, so I'm, I'm a big fan now. Now that he's kind of out and doing his own thing, um, enjoying his work a lot. What, what about you, lads? Um, I think the take that it's his career-defining match is, is perfectly fair. Um, uh, yeah, I, other than that, I kind of agree with you. I, I, I kind of wanted to get behind him at various points in WWE, but there was always a little something missing. Yeah. Um, and and uh, I for the better part of his indie career before he really took off and AEW became a thing. I didn't, didn't fancy him much there either, but I'm, I'm fascinated by what AEW brings. And um, I think he's booking himself in very smart matches. The Dustin thing was smart. I think Darby Allen's a very interesting match for him. That's the next weekend's match. And then obviously that, that young bucks tags coming up. I think he's, uh, he's sort of very cleverly positioning himself, which I think is good. Uh, but yeah, I, I never really rated him to be honest. Yeah. Uh, that's my emails. Right, I have two emails. Uh, first one is from Will, the aforementioned Will. Uh, he simply says, "The last two episodes were great. The adverts had me laughing out loud on the metro." Will, <laughs> well, thanks very much, Will, for your very kind review of our show. Um, and that's only for me and Joe because Barry wasn't here. Well, yeah, I wasn't here, yeah, so that's yeah, fine. So, uh, only email when, when we're here. Don't email when Barry's not here. It's not here. Anyway. Uh, email from Scott McAvoy. He says, uh, Good evening, Paul. All this talk of people being sick lately made me wonder, when you or Joe or Barry are sick, how does your significant other handle it? Do they stay, uh, do they stay away from you to try to avoid catching whatever you have? Or do they check in on you like you were a sick kid on a day home from school? Uh, have you, or is anyone on the show, going to watch Good Omens? The book is a top ten for me, and the show is excellent. Then again, I don't know why I'm asking you. You haven't finished Haunting of Hill House. Have a great week, Scott. Well, have you not finished that yet? No, I'm on episode seven. Well, I, I, I can't imagine. I can't imagine because I, I do think it peaks kind of early. I can't imagine now going back to it like six months later and then watching kind of the weaker episodes is going to be especially entertaining for you. Well, uh, I want to watch that show though. I've heard people bigging it up. That uh, a good omens. I'm talking about not haunting a pale house. I watched it when it came out, obviously. Um, but um, uh, yeah, good omens is good, and I do have Amazon Prime. I don't use it enough, but I I'm going to get to that for sure. Do you have Prime, Paul? Uh, no. What you do when you need a, a cable? <laughs> what do you mean? Or a spatula? When you, when you need, yeah. oh, or 
or when you're like, right, I have a cable, but I don't have an adapter uh, for the wall. Where can I get a thing and just deliver it to me nice and I quick? Don't and have a, so I don't for have the, a 10 deliver the delivery charge, I can watch um, Mythbusters or whatever the fuck is on there. Um. <laughs> I just use normal Amazon. Fair enough. Uh, so when I'm sick, uh, yeah, girlfriend stays around. She ends up gets sick often as well or she's sick first and she make me sick one of, one of the two how about you Joe uh, I don't often get sick now uh, you don't make the mistake I do um, of not working out or eating well so I've done about that recently I know are you not you fall off the I, wagon I, I think I mean you two do seem to get sick a lot I don't know if it's just the kind of soggy Irish air living in a swamp um, yeah I'm, I'm pretty good I don't often take sick days I've only had like a few in the last few years yeah. Michelle's always sick though she was no yeah she was reminding. well she's got that American blood American yeah. blood what? American what? blood it must be tough being you know from uh, Hollywood um, Hollywood and then coming to Rain Town, Rainville, yeah. USA. Yeah. Yeah. Rainville, USA, but not actually in the USA. Yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's an ironic name. Yeah, I wonder how we'd fare if we moved to, you know, Beverly Hills or whatever. I'd probably die. I mean, I'd probably actually literally die. Yeah, I would. I would turn around after getting off the plane, and my skin would just be entirely red from head to toe. <laughs> And I'd look like, I don't know, a rasher or something. And yeah, I'd have to go home. <laughs> I don't think I'd even... You talk about being to Atlanta. I don't, I don't think I'd, I'd even make it down the steps of the plane. i just have to go straight back home. That's my one... See, that's my concern about going to Brazil anytime. Because in Brazil, it's like, I don't know, the summer, like 45 degrees. Like, I, I, I can't do that I mean here it's 22 and I'd be like Chapers sure look atrocious outside <laughs> do you know um, yeah I don't know I, I do get sick a lot but my sicknesses are, are more often than not like chest infections mm. um, Natty gets sinus infections a lot yeah. so you know like when I did this most recent sickness I had what started in like my nose being completely blocked and my throat being very sore and whatever mucus was in there went straight down the back of my throat turned into a little chest infection and a phlegmy cough so you know ideally i wouldn't have many sick days like i i i can't remember the last time that i was like physically like vomited maybe a couple of years ago but i do i do get like days where I can't breathe for example and uh, that can be pretty bad or like uh, I'll I'll sound like an accordion where it'll be full on comical like Um, but I have inhalers for that and all that so that's why I think it doesn't help that we have um, pets that I'm really allergic to (laughs) 
Uh, probably not. No, I, I wouldn't think so. Doesn't no. I don't think that's recommended. Uh, and I do the I do the old smell the guinea pigs before bed. That probably doesn't help either. It, it Say, well, it's, it's not enough that you have them. <laughs> so you you rub them against old, your face. No, I don't. The old the old smell the guinea pigs that we all know and love. <laughs> the old guinea pig mustache. You never did that. Well, no, I've never had a guinea pig. Oh, shame. Uh, uh, sorry, Natty, uh, what are you up to today? Oh, nothing. I, I'm just looking after my friend here, lactose intolerant Steve. Steve, no, not that aisle! That's where they keep all the milk! Steve! <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, just wait! <laughs> and, of course, I have hay fever. I just go, I just jump out my window into a, into the back garden uh, before bathes. Well, we we have the, the rats and the guinea pigs, right? And I'll pick them up sometimes, because, I don't know, for cleaning the cage or whatever. Seriously, if one of their little nails grazes me, fucking enormous hive within a second. So, um, so yeah, I, 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 that definitely doesn't help. But you know, <laughs> their lives aren't that long anyway. So just, nature just, will take care of that for me. Just pop them in the bin. Pop them in the little bin there, or they'll be loving that. I don't know a dog's mouth could work. <laughs> Um, just directly into the dog, straight into the stomach. One throw, <laughs> boot it straight into the dog's mouth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or just let them wild. Go That's free. what they like. Let yeah. them go back to Guinea, and <laughs> it'll be like that that video of the people putting the little tortoise back in the in the water in the in the river. There you go, back to the sea. Blop. <laughs> That'd be the end of them. <laughs> Hmm. Mama used to always talk about that he wanted to eat the guinea pigs. Oh. Um. Fortunately, that never came to pass. Jesus. Yeah. Because guinea Me. pigs, of course, are uh, eaten in like South America. Yeah, yeah. They're like. It, a- I mean, it, it's unfortunate in the sense that he's you know not around, but but yeah. I'll, I'll I'll call it a wash in the sense that he doesn't get. I wouldn't say it's unfortunate he doesn't get to eat them. Well, I was te- I always I always said to him that I was going to kill him and put him in the cage, and they'll nibble at his little <laughs> oh, toes God. or whatever. Um, ah, oh, nice. uh, well, then this has all gone very well. Well, I know I know that he 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 would he liked those kind of jokes. So, yeah. Uh, who whomst are we to judge? Yeah, he used to call me the penguin, by the way. <laughs> I said, "Why you call me penguin?" He said, "Because you you look like one and you walk like one." I said, "Penguin." Hmm. Well, the penguins are lovely. To be fair, penguins are lovely. Yeah. So take that, Mama. Jokes on you, Woody. <laughs> he's listening. He's listening. I like to think he's a, I don't know a fucking scorpion on the African plains now or something. So <laughs> he's still around somewhere. He's out there. Reincarnated as some mad giraffe or something. Yeah. Um, That's anyway. all my emails. That's both my emails. Thanks for those who emailed it. Get your mama stories emailed into me, please. Yes, yes, if you have one. Yeah. Um, by all means, do uh, pop it in. Uh, so, will we jump into the Wrestle Goff? Yeah, fuck it. So, uh, do, 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 I suppose I'll probably make mention here to kick things off the passing of Lionheart, uh, who that 
really came out of nowhere. Um, uh, Lionheart was the active ICW heavyweight champion when he passed away. He was 36 years of age. Uh, very surprising. Uh, I wasn't aware of any uh, ill health he was in. I've seen certain things speculated upon. I've even seen certain things uh, uh, published about his death in certain, like, actually fairly big uh, publications, but I... I I don't know that any official statement's been given, so I don't really want to speculate on that. But um, very unfortunate uh, for for a guy his age to, to pass away ostensibly in the prime of his career. Yeah. Uh, and lots of nice tributes poured out, including from The Rock, which was nice. Um, uh, Lionheart obviously idolized The Rock, and, and uh, he had, they had interacted on Twitter previously, and his family reached out, and The Rock took the time to send a message, which I thought was actually very nice. It was. Yeah. So yeah, that's a, that's unfortunate. A really, a really unfortunate uh, uh, death that seems to have affected a lot of uh, people on the European scene. So uh, yeah. Are there uh, any are there any celebrities that Mama admired? Yeah, if we could, if we could message a celebrity for a, a shout out from from Mama, who, who do you think he would like? Uh, he was a big Rihanna fan. I did not anticipate that answer. Um, I don't think he cared so much for her music. Weirdly. Oh, and of course, um, of course, Maury Povich. We might be able to get Maury Povich. I reckon we could probably get a Maury tweet. Yeah. Tweet. Uh, yeah. Well, let's work. Let's work on that. Um. <laughs> Maury and Rihanna. <laughs> That's good. Uh, anyway. Uh, elsewhere in the news, WWE. It was. I think we talked about this when the rumor broke, but it was officially announced that uh, WWE it will be airing on BT Sport in the UK, and will also be on their pay per view service. Yeah, BT Sport box office. Yeah, uh, which is interesting because, um. I mean, they've, they've been on Sky ever since. Yeah, so, like, the network is still going to be a thing. The network stance in the UK is not going to be different. It's just very funny that it is part of the deal. But uh, that's a, uh, in terms of uh, reach, I guess is the term, uh, that's that's quite the, the downgrade um, for uh, uh, for the old uh, WWE in the UK market. Mm-hmm. And also, just kind of in terms of, like, uh, optics, that's the ending of a of a thirty some year relationship between the two. Yeah, it's very strange. It's almost kind of surreal. Um, because it's just I'm I'm just so used to to WWE being on Sky. Mm. I mean, I guess the closest we could say is like if WWE had been on whatever USA continually from the early nineties until today. And then were to move to Fox, you kind of it doesn't really register because like, well, it's, it's always been USA. Yeah. Not only not only that, but imagine it was on USA for thirty years, and then it went to Destination America. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it's quite that. That's, that is an exaggeration. <laughs> that is like kind of ES, ESPN Pro HD or whatever the fuck it's called. Maybe, yeah. It's like yeah, a, it's, a very kind of premium sports channel. It's not yeah, but, and it's one that people know. I mean, that yeah, Destination America is a bad yeah. example. People, people found out that existed when TNA went there. People know what BT Sport is. It's just it's in, it's in less homes. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's just it's it's yet another... Uh, uh, 
not great sign for WWE in in, in this current climate. But uh, but there you go. Yeah, very especially after the launch of their UK like brand. It seems like particularly weird yeah, climate. Yeah, and it's like um uh, so <laughs> they got no buyers for that thing originally, and then their television deal came in there, and and they got they said okay we're partnering up with BT, and they're like. Well, we throw in this UK show for you. Like, no, you're all right, mate. Cheers. Thanks. Yeah, we'll just take the we'll take the two good ones. See, I don't know if well, they ever good. really promoted NXT UK on Sky Sports to any great extent. Oh uh, no, no, they didn't. Just, just the I'm sure like, during ads on NXT. Oh no, that's on the network even. Yeah, so I don't think they did. Um, there was the 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 murmurings around the time they originally started taping that stuff is that they had zero interest from any television. Well, they had uh, interest from like obscure. Uh, satellite networks that would happily take major league wrestling from WWE, but WWE doesn't want to go on fucking uh, Babe Station, you know. Um, <laughs> Dave. Yeah, I, I, you know what? They probably would have taken Dave. I don't. I, I don't think there was even Dave level interest in in NXT UK because there was a, a perception of it as basically like it might as well be jacked. You know what I mean? It, it's 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 sixth string uh, uh, WWE content. Yeah. Um, which which they which they were not interested in. Anyway, uh, so yeah, um, so that's that's that. Uh, Seth Rollins has been off on one the last couple of days on on Twitter. Mm. Um, what do you make of that? I don't know. I <laughs> just like, out of nowhere. Yeah, well, I, I don't think it is out of nowhere because he he he's been a he's been a weird one, in the sense that like just a few months ago he was also having a, he was you know defending staunchly defending the raw writers for having like a thankless job. Um, I have get, no they, memory of that. They, they they don't get thanks because they're shit, but, but that's a whole other um. Uh, but yeah, so he so this time he's kind of um. He sort of defiantly came out and he was like, "I'm, you know, I'm not going to take this 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 criticism of what we do anymore. We're we're great, and I'm one of the best in the world." And also, I'm paraphrasing. Obviously, he, he was a little bit more. Uh, he wasn't quite as as on the nose as this, but he basically just seemed like he was fed up with being constantly criticized. Uh, he as himself, and also an ambassador for WWE in the main roster. Uh, he got into sort of a very tragic back and forth with Will Ospreay, where they tried to burn each other. And they just kind of looked sad. Uh, and then, like, this morning, or this afternoon, um, this interview came out where he had some really bizarre comments about John Moxley that seemed very out of left field for people who were supposedly friends prior to his departure. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, it was very, very weird. Uh, so it, it just comes off to me like he's not handling... Being the top guy of a, of a, of a failing um, uh, brand. Well, it yeah. definitely comes off like he's trying to be the company guy and trying trying to establish himself as that. Which you know, I can't uh, can't put that against him necessarily. But uh, yeah, my big problem was that he tweeted "Nod dog, Nod dog, Nod dog." Oh, I forgot he did. Yeah, he did not dog. Oh dear, not dog. Let me dial it up. I don't know. I I think one of the issues as well is that although he's an extremely good wrestler, uh, Seth Rollins is a god, Dark Phoenix level boring man. 
and uh, I don't really, I don't really get him as a main, 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 main guy. I think he certainly offers less than your Roman Reigns of the world, for example. So yeah, I don't, I don't much more to say about. It. I think we, yeah. one of my least favorite tropes, by the way, of of this the year of our Lord twenty seventeen is <laughs> whatever whatever you want is. <laughs> uh, is wrestlers uh, on Twitter acting like roleplay accounts and some of the women that's, are particularly bad for this that's an incredible way to sum up what the way they were acting that's very good I that's well done thank you very much um, yeah so no dog let me dial it up time and, to let him uh, know the other thing that happened, that came out of the last 24 hours Go on. Um, is the return inexplicably. I can't believe this because I, I genuinely did not see it coming. I, I couldn't believe this until I saw it with my own eyes. The Undertaker uh, Fresh off his nearly killing Bill Goldberg is back. Uh, he, and not only did he return, returned to save Roman Reigns last night, uh, setting up Roman Reigns and The Undertaker versus Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre. Um, for, uh, for Extreme Rules, which is, I don't know when, at some point in the near future. Um, yeah, I, I just saw that. I just thought it was hilarious. I have less than no interest in that match uh, or seeing Undertaker in general. No, I'm sorry. Uh, Undertaker has, you know, definitively crossed from being an older guy who can have good matches to too old. Yeah. Uh, his choke slam on Shane McMahon looked utterly dreadful. Uh, and his clothes, he, he did like, you know, clotheslined Shane and McIntyre out of the ring. I mean, his clothesline looked like he had the, the force of a, I don't know, like a, a, a midsummer breeze. Um, yeah, he 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 definitely too old these days, and um, it's funny because I I was at work today, and usually when I come in in the morning, I'll I'll you know during my break I'll check the the raw results just out of habit, and somehow I missed it today. I I, I thought I, I I thought I remembered checking it, but I, it must have been yesterday when I was checking the um, pay per view results. So I was on the way home from work today, and I was just on Twitter, and suddenly I see it, like. Uh, a retweet of the the video of that segment, Undertaker Returns. I was like, is this like an old clip or something? And then I was watching, and I was like, what the fuck is this? Shane McMahon is and beating the shit out of Roman Reigns, himself and McIntyre. And then he go, Shane McMahon goes top, and The Undertaker comes out for some reason. For uh, And, I, you know, let the story play out. Uh, I, I, there will be no explanation for this, don't worry. This is just a completely bizarre occurrence old undertaker is there with his big baldy spot poor lad um don't worry i'm halfway there too so i can say it <laughs> uh is it little goatee beard and his dyed hair uh yeah shy choke salmon man not as bad as the goldberg one to be fair shank man went up high but he kind of lost him halfway and didn't really slam him at all and uh yeah so he's back uh i don't really know why i mean I almost think he's doing more damage to his legacy than anything at this stage. Oh, which is yeah. fine for me to say, 
But uh, of yeah, I think that's totally fair. And I mean, accurate. I think if he if he had just definitively bowed out at um, a WrestleMania thirty when he when the streak ended, I think that would have been the way to go. Because fair enough, that match was pretty bad with him getting a concussion all. Uh, but that was like WrestleMania twenty three to like twenty nine. He he had consistently one of the best matches each year. And then, like ever since then, it's all been downhill. So that's all. He's back yeah. anyway. Enjoy. Uh, yeah. So that's that. And uh, I guess we can uh, just wrap things up on the wrestling front here with a, a rundown of our of our evening at OTT. Um, do you have any any preamble or anything you wanted to make mention of before we talk about the show? No, I th- I think overall, I think it was a pretty good show. I mean, we'll, we'll get onto the specifics and the nitty gritty of it. Um, but a uh, good show, as as we, as you mentioned, less people there than last time, but still a fairly decent crowd, I would say. Yeah, um, uh, they had big sections closed off. They had they had less big names. They didn't have like Bach or anyone like that. So yeah, stage looked great. I mean, I think I think optically, it's a it's a nice place to run shows. I don't know how expensive or available it is, but um, I don't know. In in the absence of a proper venue, I don't know whether they could just do like bi monthly events there. Yeah, I think that would work. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, it looks like because they they release some more dates. It looks like all in all, we're only going to get like four Dublin events, four or five. Because they've yeah. one, one that's TBC. Who knows what that's going to be? So uh, that coin that date coincides with the festival that they did a couple of years ago. Okay, um, the Spiegel Tent, right? Uh, which I have not been to one of those shows. I've heard they I've heard they were good. Size wise, it's more akin to a Tivoli show. It's like five hundred people. Hmm. Um, but yeah, that's that's just guesswork. Uh, who knows? Because they haven't done that for a couple of years now. So who knows if that's even something they they consider? But that's that's just what they were noting. That is mercifully a Saturday, by the way. Uh, thank Christ, I'm sick of Sunday shows. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's pretty uh, it's pretty unfortunate. The we've talked about it, obviously the venue situation. Yeah, and as I, as I said, I didn't find the travel too bad this time either. It was fairly handy getting in there. So let's run down the old card. Well, Barry, I must tell you, I think the f- I think uh, the first three matches were pretty uh, nothingy. Uh, I thought the middle three matches were very good, and then I thought the main event was very good, and that's my review. See you next week, folks. Yeah, I I don't, I don't feel the need to to, to break down on. <laughs> there, I I thought this was a really good show. I thought a lot of it was. Uh, a live show, yeah. Uh, like there was, there was, there was, there was like three matches I thought were like really great, and like, hey, watch these on VOD. And then there's tons of stuff that I didn't think was bad, but it's like I'm like, you can skip this. This is not anything you need to see. I will say, I thought the opener was actually great, crack, and I had very low expectations for Justy and Puma King. I thought it was very, um, it was the right kind of wacky Puma Puma King. You know, he's, um, I think that's very much his style of match. I think he could do, I, I think he could do a bit more than he did, but I, I think. I think the the kind of splitting the difference between the 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 lucha and the comedy was, was good, um, but yeah. Um, I I don't know. I kind of thought it was just just justly selling for 
forever. Then he <laughs> did a few lucha moves, and then he lost. And that was it. Well, you know, was what it was. Um, Jimmy Havoc turned out to be the mystery partner of Raven Creed, and I mean, I thought CT Flexer was pretty funny, but the match did nothing for me. No, it was just there. It was just there. Uh, yeah, I like Flexer. I, I like. Uh, I, I think that that dynamic has given all three of those people a little something to um, to latch on to. Um, I could not believe the pop Havoc got. It was just crazy. I know an enormous pop. Uh, people, even though he's been around forever, and I just don't really have any interest in seeing him like. I'd not say outside of a death match kind of even in that context. I, I don't really have any interest in seeing Jimmy Havoc anymore. But people fucking love him. Americans love him and every time he shows up here, admittedly, I'll say this, they always book him as a surprise, which I think helps. Yeah. Uh, uh you know, and he has the good music, so so there you go. But yeah, this did nothing for me. Uh Raven once, you think that would set up a rematch, but she she pinned Flexer. It's like, well, let her pill, let her pill, ah, who cares? I, 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 this, this match was very basic, so I'm not, I don't want to get too bogged down in, 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 in it, but, um, yeah, the, 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 the women's division continues to have lots of talented people in it, but the, the booking's just kind of there. Yeah. Uh, more than hype, as previously mentioned, defeated the Angel Cruisers and Martina in a match so unmemorable, I'm not sure it even happened. It might have been a dream. Uh, uh, yeah, I thought Martina in particular, for someone pushing or knocking on the door of you know NXT UK, uh, had a particularly bad showing. Yeah, she did nearly the the that opening, um, uh, not opening, but like one of our first things with that that hit scissors, scissors was very scary looking. Mm. Uh, my 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 problem with this, and this is kind of a more broader problem, is that. I, I don't know why they do these angles to build up more than hype as this serious tag team. And then they always revert back to this. It, they, they're always, they always end up just end up doing contenders comedy, even on the big shows. Their gimmick um, is goofy kids. Uh, and it, but, and that's, and that was fine for their early, their early days. And it's even fine as a, as a facet of who they are today, but, but like they, they had the Kings feud and then the Rapture feud. It's like okay, but what? But then, then it's back to messing around with Paddles and the Angel Cruisers and Martina and and do you know what I mean? It's so frustrating because they have so much more to contribute than that. And they've had great matches. They've had great matches, and anytime they've done a match like this, it's it's always like just like fine or whatever. But it's not like this. And then like a couple last time we were in Tala, it was the anti fun police. It's like okay, we need. Let's get back on track with having these guys face real tag teams. You know, no offense to the Eddie Fun Police, Dave. Obviously, they have their niche, but you know what I mean. It's it's not it's not having great matches with more than hype. Um, so yeah, I'm I, I'm I'm kind of tepid on on that whole the use of them. Yeah, I absolutely agree. In fact, I think everyone in this match uh, has more to offer. I think I think this would be the closest you would say to like a, a movie being miscast. This was almost a miscast match. Yeah, um, when they this is the I, th- I think the last match they announced and it just screamed, "Here's the people we have left <laughs> to do something, go to something with." Which you know, in a way, is kind of a positive testament because these well, like Morton Hyper Young, but but the other three have kind of been around a while. So if they're in a lower card comedy match, that's fine. But Morton Hyper should have something a bit more substantive to to be working on. But uh, but yeah, um, yeah, Scotty Davis, Darby Allen. Probably my favorite match of the show. Really, I'm so I, no, I was going to say I'm surprised you say that, but I, I it was a match. Yeah, 
Um, first Scott, time Scotty Davis, life. by the way. Sorry, Scotty Davis, every time I see him, better and better and better. Yeah. Um, uh, he just he seems like a natural. Uh, Darby was fantastic. Darby's, Darby's charisma. I mean, I know the Jeff Hardy comparison is, is obvious. But, um, but he's a good wrestler, too. <laughs> Which is kind of the yeah. best. And, oh, and, like, you know, and he did some crazy stunts in the match, but you know his 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 fundamentals and his chain wrestling earlier. He was hanging with Scotty, which was really impressive. Um, I would I think these two will have another match in in the near future, and I I, I really look forward. Yeah, to the only thing I would too. want is a little bit more time. It was a little bit too quick, but uh, I was fucking eating it up as we go. Mm, give me some more of that. Mm, num, num, num. Uh, Darby Allen was doing moves I've never seen. Uh, great stuff. Uh, Bandido defeated Ray Oros. Fun match. I think. I think a little too slow to get going though. Too much stalling at the beginning. Yeah, I, I mean, I thought you said the last one was a bit too short. I thought this one was quite long. I, I, yeah. I really liked this match. I thought they did so much inventive stuff. And when they were when they got going, that match didn't stop. And I, I really loved it. But yeah, you know, it took its time going early and and. Just that thing of I was way into the near falls, but they kind of did like just one or two too many. But like you know, they, I think they just missed that sweet spot. But um, really great. I mean, just lots of great action. Um, Bandito just hit that wild suicide dive into Whoa. I don't even know what row. Yeah. Um, really great. Yeah, the, these guys are both great, and they worked very well together. Um, just just a fun mid card all action match. I thought. Yeah, very, very good. And I, I finally got to see Bandito do his springboard German suplex, which he didn't do last time I saw him. He didn't do he didn't do it at the whatever four four year anniversary show, whatever it was. And then he did it twice the night of uh Defiant. I was like, You fucker, you couldn't give us one, you did it twice the next night. We did get it here tonight, at least. There you go. That was for you. That was specifically for me. Um Mark Haskins defeated Terry Thatcher and I thought probably the best Terry Thatcher match I've seen. Terry Thatcher, sorry. Yeah, I, I was probably in agreement with you. I, I was having some debate with people um, about whether this was better than the uh, uh, the Contenders match. Now, obviously, I was not at the Contenders match, but I was at this one. So, but I, I thought I thought it was great. I thought the, the Thatcher-Contenders formula translated really well, yeah. um, which was good. And I thought the addition of uh, Vicky Haskins was great. Um, uh and it kind of seemed, I was shocked that Terry lost. Um, but at the very least, it felt like they made a big point of bringing Vicky out. And then she played into the finish and then Haskins won. I was like, well, it actually feels like they... They advanced they the just, story. Ter- Terry, yeah, it, it felt like... I, and even if they don't do another Terry match, I actually kind of think they don't. It felt like they were they were heating Haskins up to move back up the card. And, and there's just something about Vicky and it, 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 once, once that act came out, it was like, yeah, this, this feels like Haskins has a bit more purpose than he's had for quite a while. Yeah. Um, uh, which, which, which is good. Um, or, you know, they might just be building them up for a third match. Who knows? Um, but this was really, really great. Some nice callbacks to the previous match. Uh, I have a great old soft spot for Terry Thatcher. I think, I think he's very, very good. I think he um, does have a bit of the John Cena to him and that he can have great matches, but his stuff doesn't look particularly good or crisp. Yeah, um, but hey, no, no harm to be con- uh, to be uh, what's the word? Fuck, I'm too tired to be compared to John Cena. Uh, yeah, not, not not a bad one. Uh, the Rapture then defeated uh, Club Tropicana in a nothing match. Um, yep. so we we'll skip that. Uh, 
complete um, complete wasted uh, after I must say. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I think they've 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 kind of run out of stuff too. Um, how many more times can you do you think Tropicana can do the goofy song in? I don't think um, it worked here at all, which is the biggest letdown. I think the Africa the Africa thing worked. I don't think Sweet Caroline here for me it didn't work at all. It didn't land. But it was so it was so belabored. Like like they 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 just like made up this 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 woman to make the joke about exactly. Um and and I I was talking to people after the fact more so than this going all the way back to March I can't believe they did Africa twice. <laughs> That's that's kind of the bigger indictment to me. Um, I feel like if they go to that well a few more times, I think it's it's really going to get past its sell by date. And I think those guys, I think they've actually improved in the ring quite a bit. I think Sexy is actually a um, uh, a pretty handy little uh, mid card wrestler. But I I feel like they're they're kind of spinning their their tires, and it feels like they they've kind of stalled a little bit in the absence of uh, of um, um, Jose. Well, I was going to say, I think I think losing Jose Idol and gaining the fabulous Nikki was not not a uh, wasn't it was a trade down. Let's say nothing against fabulous Nikki, but he's you know he's got the, he's got a bit of the, the stink of a a, a low card goober on. And it is it is a very weird dynamic that because yeah, I, th- I think he's like I think he's like a really functional tag team wrestler, and I, it's not like I'm offended by his presence, but yeah, it's weird. It's like you've taken this guy who was there at like the start of OTT and has been around a while and you've paired him with this relatively new act from Contenders. Um, and I don't know but, yeah. where Idol's gone or if they're using him anymore, but he's a huge loss. He is, absolutely. I assume he's busy. He seemed like he loved it. I'd imagine if he could be there, he would be. Skipson's promo, though, about the uh, about Gaelic football was fantastic. It was very good. It was very good. He's always, he's always great. He's always great. Uh, we then had the OTT World title match. Jordan Devlin, Sean Guinness, the first All-Ireland main event, or championship match in a very long time. The two former partners uh, broken up by jealousy. Sean Guinness attacked him, obviously, at the end of the Belfast show there. Uh God, it was so boring. Yeah, I was, it was uh, yeah, so I was boring. Um, and so the, while they did work it with sort of a level of intensity, I you're always going to lose me if you do the lock up at the start of a blood fuse. You're always going to lose me. Uh, <sighs> I don't know. It it just overall it just felt to me like I was watching. I, I, this you could take this whatever way the greatest insult ever but like if it was like watching the WWE house show mid card match yeah um yeah it didn't do any, it didn't do anything for me um i wouldn't say the worst uh, but definitely the least interesting devil match i've seen ever i would say <laughs> possibly ever yeah, um, I, I think I think part of the issue was the was their approach to it, but also the the, and I think this is kind of a, an upshot of them not having enough shows. I, I don't think anyone believed Maxer, like they had like they had on that one Belfast show. They had Star cut the promo and then Maxer do the turn on the same show, and then that was the last one before this one. So yeah, there's, there was no build to it. There was no build. No build. It's like. And and although to be honest, I think if you had six shows to build them up, I don't think people would have bought Maxer anyway. Um, but uh, yeah, but yeah. I mean that's that's their job to make you believe, you know. 
give yeah, give him give him a win a big win over a star or someone like, someone of that level to make you think oh Jesus maybe maybe they're putting the rocket on this lad. But as you said, like he went from not being on the shows to championship contender. Which fair enough they played into the match, but that's that impression is still there nonetheless. And then they had a match that was, you know, entirely I hesitate to say rest holes, but was entirely like Canadian backbreakers, chin locks, octopus stretch. You know, rinse and repeat for the entirety of the match and then the finish. I think I think it was like the second or third time he put on that backbreaker. I was like, Oh god. How many more times am I gonna watch this? But um yeah, it was, uh, yeah. I remember seeing uh, Guinness, and I've I've re- I have really enjoyed some Guinness matches. Like some of his stuff on Contenders, like Michael May was great. Um, but I remember seeing him last month at Fight Factory, where he was a heel, and just thinking. And I, I was watching it in the mindset of this is a preview for the Devlin match, and I was like, okay, well, this has not inspired my confidence. And then in and then in um, uh, execution. It, it it was pretty much what I I had feared, yeah. And then so I thought the match was picking up a little bit, like they 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 started to amp things up, and then they and then it ended. It ended very abruptly. Um, uh, so yeah, it seemed like this was just to tie Jordan over for a while. He he needed an opponent on a show where Walter and Star were both going to be busy. So um, yeah. And speaking we, of, we, they had a hell of a match. So I, I'm interested that you you prefer Davis and Allen to this one. Well, that was just my own personal, you know, preference. I definitely think this was a hugely successful match, and it was excellent. Um, I, I, I can't, I can't really tell you why, or even justify why. I just like at that moment the the Scotty Davis Darby Allen match scratched a, a particular itch I had for that kind mm. of style match. Um, whereas Star Devlin. I guess was a lot closer to like your your Jordan or Star Walter was a lot closer to the Devlin Walter matches, so I guess I kind of had the feeling of you know, I mean it sounds it sounds you know entitled and whatever to say well I've seen this before, but although I like thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it, um, it it had a familiar feel to it that the Scotty Davis Darby Allen didn't, so maybe that's why I I uh, preferred that, but it you know it's split hairs. These were two. Really, really excellent matches. Yeah, I've, I've I don't mean I don't mean to put down at all the the yeah. Star Walter match by saying I prefer the the Darby Allen Sky Davis matches. Just a matter of preference. They were both great. Yeah, and they they were very different. Uh, the there was a lot more kind of theatrics to the Star Walter match. Um, uh, they did uh, you know they did like ref bumps and 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 what have you and all kinds of chicanery after the fact and the dusty finish. I, I, the dusty finish. So yeah. So I'm not sure. I don't think in any of their previous. Maybe I might be mistaken. Uh, I don't think in any of their previous matches they've done a thing where Star has been declared the winner and then had it re- reversed. So if you, if I don't know if you noticed, there was one near fall um, where Walter tapped, but he his foot was under the rope or one of his arms was under the rope. So he sta- he, uh, he Star had him in a leg lock. He tapped Star's leg like an MMA. Star let go of the hole saying, oh, I've won. And the ref said, no, no, he was under the ropes. Um, that was actually the finish they did. They had a singles match at 16 Carat this year. Uh, and that was the finish. And that, that was a nice touch. That says, if you're watching all of these matches across the globe, they're playing off each other. Because basically, 
uh, when Star is pleading with the ref, like, no, no, he tapped, I should win. Uh, in Germany, Walter just puts him in the hole, they pass it out, and it's over. But they, in, in this one, it was this was like five full minutes before the, the actual finish of the match. So so I watched that thinking, oh, okay, they're playing off that and they're going to do it again. But but Star, Star flipped the script and he survived and then they kept going. And at that point, I was like, okay, I really don't know what's going to happen now because they have, they have played off every conceivable trope that they have previously done together on every little allusion to to this match and that match and this traditional near fall. Um, it and was in fact, really great. Maybe that's why you got the match more out of the match than me is because I haven't seen the the prior matches in this kind of saga. Yeah. So I I, I wouldn't have got necessarily the callbacks to prior spots. Yeah, and I, I think I think they're great standalone matches, but they but yeah they are but their their real value is in is in that, and I think that's that's totally fine because uh, again the the amount of people who are watching all of these matches anyway is very rare. I mean I've seen a handful out of the twenty they've had, so mm. so uh, I I don't know too many people who've who've seen them all. Um, uh, but yeah, so this is I, I am pretty sure this is the first one where they declared star, and I like this this direction of star where he. He got a poxy fake Eddie Guerrero style DQ win, but to him he did that. He got it, so he got it. So who cares? Mm. Um, I thought that was a very interesting result, and and I thought it was fascinating that the people went crazy for it. They went crazy for it, like they saw him actually win, um, which was interesting. Yeah. Um, even though Star is like a heel, the the match the match was very fifty fifty, which I thought was it was very interesting. Uh, and then, uh, just to be spiteful, Jordan came down and, and informed the referee of the fit of what really went down. Commissioner he Devlin came out. So which <laughs> Commissioner Devlin came out. Commissioner Devlin came out. Yeah, that that was that was one bit that was a bit. Uh, whenever whenever you're doing a restart, it's like the question in every promotion. The question is always asked. Like you never usually do this, so why is it now? Uh, now why is it now you're doing a restart? But that's you know it's wrestling. Um, so uh, they restarted it, and then Walter won. Uh, and Walter, along the way, laid out Devlin, so they they couldn't have made it more obvious. They're doing a three way. It was a, it was a very quintessential three way establishing um, uh, match. So, but yeah, uh, all in all, a really fun show. I mean, I think we were kind of down on a lot of that stuff in the middle. I mean, stuff kind of like the the, the Raven match and 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 the, the Justy match and stuff like that. I, I thought all of that stuff was perfectly watchable on the night, and I thought I thought the show was fairly breezy. I, I thought it was a very easy watch. Yeah, I mean, um, those early matches never outstayed their welcome. They're all sub ten minutes, like yeah. Um, and to look on it, um, you know, depending on how high you'd go on the the Ray Horace match. Uh, I, I I would say there's either three or four shows I would say are worth making time to watch on this show, which is pretty damn good. Um, you know, if you if we'll be, we'll be generous to say four, because you know the and, and four different matches as well. Darby and Scotty was different from the main event, which was different from the Haskins Thatcher, which is different from the Lucha match. Absolutely, um, uh, which is great. So yeah, uh, that show will probably be up tomorrow. So by the time you hear this, it might be up on OTT on demand. You can check that out. Um, yeah, and we we roll on to I think the next show they're doing is that All Irish Contenders, and I think the next big show then will be Cork. Um, so we'll see, we'll see what cards uh, we get for those. So um, yeah, uh, I think that's going to do it really for the Wrestle Golf, and that's going to do it for the whole show. I'd imagine at this mm. stage. Um, anything else you wanted to get in there, boys, before we call it a day? Yep. No, I think that's everything. I think we did a good job. I think we did as well, to be 
quite honest with you. Yeah. Um, all right, folks, we're going to be back. Uh, let me see. Yeah, next week. Yeah, I'm around. I'm actually, God bless the mark, around this week. Uh, so we'll meet up and we'll do another show. We'll talk about. Oh, fellas, hang on. Duh. Let's read back. Right, sit back down, everyone. Refill your water glasses. All right. Uh, so WWE stomping grounds opened up with the man Becky Lynch, uh, <laughs> Lacey Evans. Oh come on, no, 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 come on, let's get serious. We haven't, we haven't, we haven't done a show together in a while. So, uh, so Lacey comes out and she's, um, uh, you know, she's looking very fierce, and I, I'm getting pretty hyped up for the match. And anyway, no, I'm missing. Um, so we'll be back next week talking about uh, uh, the various goings on in the wrestling world. Um, and uh, yeah, as always, you can go to chairshoppodcast.com to email us. You can go to chairshoppod on Twitter to follow along uh, with us in the week. So, uh, until next week, folks, it's going to be goodbye from me, Barry Murphy. It's going to be goodbye from Mr. Joe Towner. Goodbye. And it's going to be goodbye, Mr. Paul Griffin. Goodbye. Goodbye.